history with him. Now, as, as Eric opens the word, that you would speak to him and through him, and that our hearts and lives would be challenged, and that we would obey you and your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name, with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I forgot to bring pens with me. I usually bring a bunch of pens, but um, anyway. Oh, that's right. Back window. Sure. All right. So let's go ahead and, and get started. Um, you notice here in the very top, it says this is a Bible study, part one of one. Do or die, part one of one. This won't be, there won't be a part two or a three. This is it. And so I titled, the title of this short Bible study is Declaring the Glory of God. In the passage of scripture we're going to focus on is Psalm 19, verses 1 through 6. But uh, we're going to, uh, verse, uh, verse 1 tells this specifically what it was that God created, that which declares his glory. And uh, we will be looking at another passage of scripture. We'll get to that soon enough uh, to give us a better picture of what the Lord wants us to learn. Uh, from his word on this particular subject. So come with me as we gaze on the glory of the heavens until our eyes move from that in order to admire the creator God who painted the skies for us. All right, so let's let's uh, let's read this passage of scripture. Um, someone read it for for us, please. Verses 1 through 6. Who will read the passage for us? Any, any volunteers? Okay. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its point. Okay, good. Thank you so much. And Pastor, I know you love the Psalms, and so you probably have studied this particular passage many times yourself and and maybe taught it but you've also I'm sure studied it in your uh, private uh, time as well um, I brought I brought with me I think uh, probably most of you saw this painting that I brought a while back but I, I brought a photograph of it this is the uh, this is yeah. the photograph of the painting this is the one that I complete. I, I'm almost done with uh, with one more, but this is the one that I have completed. And you can see the 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 sky. You know, the focus of this painting was was the bright light shining through the clouds and the sunset uh, down on the uh, fall colors of North Carolina. But anyway, uh, I'll put that there. Uh, so I included, yeah, it's there. I included the reference to this verse, Psalm uh, 19.1, because the 
The focus of the painting is on the orange-filled sunset with very bright sunlight shining through the clouds. And even though the painting is a scene of North in North Carolina with the fall colors of autumn on the hillside in the foreground, I really didn't want the trees themselves to be the center of interest. My hope in painting this uh, uh, is that the viewer would uh, look first at the sky, lingering there for a while, then move their eyes around the painting to see the fall colors, and eventually landing on uh, Psalm 19.1, which is in the left-hand corner, uh, bottom left-hand corner of the painting. And it's my prayer that by looking up that verse of Scripture, the viewer would see how the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the works of his hands. So, and let me add that this painting, which is a, a poor reflection of what God is able to do, um, the, this painting and the Bible verse have been the inspiration for this particular Bible study that we're doing tonight. Uh, I love the I love the verse of scripture, and uh, it just means a lot to me. All right, so uh, verse one in this passage is a summary statement for all six verses which speak of the revelation of the creator God. The majestic creation we enjoy with the five senses with which we can see and touch, smell, taste, and hear, they are clear evidence of an even more majestic creator. Uh, every day, when whenever I let the dogs out in the backyard to do their business, I stop uh, and listen to the sounds of God's creation. I'm sure at your place it's the same thing, but where we live, the birds are always singing, uh, and the squirrels, I'm just amazed at all the squirrels in our backyard, and the bunny rabbits, too. Uh, yesterday I saw a groundhog, you know, running around, and and bears, no, no, no bears so far, no rattlesnakes, but anyway, I, I enjoy listening. I enjoy listening to creation, and God provided that just for me <laughs> and for you if you have the same thing where you live. But anyway, um, if there really is a sixth sense, and uh, very often the sixth sense is referred to refers to the uh, intuition. But it, uh, in my mind, the sixth sense is a human awareness of the creator God, a special ability that's only available to God's people, an awareness of the creator God. We're going to see uh, that, that God has made himself uh, visible in creation. But we have the privilege of knowing who that God is, who that creator is. And uh, so anyway, and, and sadly, in spite of God's amazing creation, which is highlighted weekly in the creation moments, uh, thank you, Pastor, or whoever uh, decided to put those in our bulletins. 
I really appreciate it. I enjoy them. I get the daily emails. But um, the thing, the sad part about it is, is that most people choose to be willfully ignorant of what God is continually doing. Now I say continually, not continuous. No, continuously, not continually. The difference is that continually means ongoing, but with stops and starts, and then ongoing stops. Continuously means it never stops. And so, uh, what, what God is doing, he does continually. No, continuously, continuously, without ceasing. And it, it just, what a blessing it is for us. Now, Psalm 19.1 uh, mentions two divine purposes served by the stars and the other heavenly bodies. Uh, we're, oh, we're into the questions now. now Look at looking at the verse, you can see it on the previous page. What is the two divine purposes? What is the first one? What is it? Looking at verse one declares the glory of God. Yes, you can write that down if you have a church pen. <laughs> and in connection with uh, with with creation, what is another name for glory now? That that's subjective. You know, there are a lot, a lot of different possible uh, other other words for glory. What word can you think of? Think majesty. Majesty. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. The word I wrote down was splendor. It was splendor. Um, so then, what to what uh, does God? Does this glory testify? I wrote down my answer is that God is the splendiferous, in case you thought it wasn't a real word, it is. <laughs> I looked it up in the dictionary. God is the splendiferous, glorious creator. That's what that's what this glory. Uh, testify. It testifies to God the Creator. What is the second purpose according to verse 1? And we saw that. You, you'll go back to the previous page. What is the second purpose? Come on. Somebody say it. Proclaim. Absolutely. Proclaim God's handiwork. Um and what ability then is attributed to God? The second part of verse one. What ability to work with his hands? To work with his hands, right? Like an artist, and I, uh, you know, I guess I kind of favor <laughs> that theme. Like an artist, God creates the most beautiful paintings and sculptures. Uh, no, no human, no, the best artist in the world cannot begin to match God's ability uh, as, as an artist to um, the work of his hands. Absolutely wonderful. The work 
of his hands. And um, number three, what should every sunrise, sunset, thunderstorm, blue? I don't think it's in your question. I, I forgot. I forgot to include number three on your handout. But let, here's here's the question: What should every sunrise, sunset, thunderstorm, blue sky tell us? What should they tell us? It tells us about God's power. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, Aaron? I was going to say his grace. His grace. In what way, grace? Well, I mean, one thing that we usually use as a showing of his grace is the rainbow. Mm. The showing mm -hmm. of his grace. Mm -hmm. uh, that would support his promise that he right. destroy. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that's an excellent point. Excellent point. Yep. Okay. Anybody else? His creativity. Creativity. Yeah. My goodness, his creativity. Wow. Um, what I wrote down was that God is the creator. God is the creator of everything good and awesome and majestic. And that he always deserves our very highest praise because of what God has done for our enjoyment. But more than that, in, in revealing himself. All right, continue. You know, huh? you know Eric, uh, even the secular world recognizes uh, things like that. Well, on Facebook, you'll see you'll see pictures, and I've seen pictures of, of people putting uh, sunsets behind their house. Yeah, you know, and they'll they'll say, "What a beautiful picture." Mm -hmm. They recognize that that they yeah. recognize the creativity. Yeah, but they just don't recognize the creator. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it is, and and but that's why God does what He does, and we'll see that more in a moment. Um, continue on. Verse 2 reminds us that the heavens continuously, there's that word again, the heavens continuously declare the glory of God 24 hours a day. We touched on that. What function is the sky by day and the stars by night? What function are they performing? The skies by day, the stars by night. What function do they perform? Time. Huh? Time. Time. Okay. All right. Time. Yeah. All right. What else? Yeah, that began. That began time, didn't it? Huh? That began time, didn't it? Uh. When God made the day and the yeah. night. Uh huh. Yeah. And then it'll go away one day. The cycle of time. There yeah. was no time before that, was there? Before eternity, yeah. I mean, before God yeah. created the heavens and the earth. The only definition God we had was this. It was eternity past. The only definition we had was epochs, right? It was what? Epochs. Epochs, yeah. Yeah. Not epoxy. No. Epochs. <laughs> but now there's time, and that'll yeah. go that'll go away again. Yeah. But um what I wrote down was that the function of sky by day and stars by night, what they perform is just calling our attention to the creator. I know 
or being uh, redundant somewhat, but it's very, very much a part of this uh, of this passage of scripture. Number two, what New Testament verses speak a similar message, especially in addressing lost humanity? I know, Pastor, you know. Who else knows? What New Testament passage speaks the same message, especially to lost humanity? All right. You're up. Romans 1, exactly. Romans 1, 18 through 20. Um, is this New Testament passage something? Oh. Well, did I write this? This New, pass, this New Testament passage is something that theologians call. Oh, oh, I see what it is. Is this New Testament passage something theologians call? Natural revelation or or special revelation? Which one is it? Natural, right? Natural revelation. What's the difference then between natural revelation and special revelation, according to theologians? But a lot of a lot of Bible students know this. What's the difference between natural and special? Okay. Good answers. <laughs> what everybody exactly right. Exactly right. Special revelation. The difference. Well, all right. Uh, natural revelation is what God shows us in in uh, Psalm nineteen one through six. Also in Revel in Romans chapter one. But the special revelation is what God reveals in verses 7 through 11 of this same passage of scripture. Romans, I mean, uh, Psalm 19, just continuing on, I can find Psalms, I know it's in the Old Testament somewhere. All right, here we go. 19. So we, we've already read 1 through 6. Now, beginning of verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the, the soul. The law of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving life to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring, uh, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, much more, much uh, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than the honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. So, where, what is the source of special revelation according to verses seven through eleven? In the, Lord. the word of God the word of God that is the special revelation so that is the difference between uh, natural revelation and special revelation alright now then follow along as I read this mystery passage which is no longer a mystery of the New Testament I'll read it for you 
The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them. Catch, did you catch that? Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's uh, uh, invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. That uh, says really in more detail uh, the same thing that Psalm 19 uh, want to say. So question number three, what does the future hold for, for people who reject what they have clearly seen? What does the future hold for them? God's wrath, right in the very beginning, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against yep, God's wrath. Uh, and why is God justified in that, in, in his wrath? Why is it justified? Why is he justified? Because he's holy. Because he's holy? Yeah, it's clearly seen. So that without excuse. What? So that they're without excuse. Without excuse, yeah. Uh, I wrote down because they, the, these people, they know instinctively that there is an intelligent designer, but they refuse to accept it. They know it. Their conscience even tells them, but by their, by their godlessness and their wickedness, they suppress this truth. Therefore, they are without excuse. Um, number four, how do these verses say that God's invisible qualities can be clearly seen by people? How? In this, in this passage? By the things he's made. Yeah, right. By the things that he's made. Um, his, look, look down at, at verse 20. His eternal power and divine nature. These are the uh, these are God's invisible qualities. His the His eternal power and divine nature, and yet they suppress that truth. Number four, how do these verses say that God's invisible qualities can be seen clearly seen by people? Wait a minute, I just read that one. What sort of people can see them? What kind of people can see them? Everybody, everyone, every human can see them. God, uh, what a, what a, how gracious of the Lord to reveal himself through his creation so that everybody who wants to 
and see creation and see who is behind creation. That's God is gracious in doing that. You know, most, most people believe that in the in the things around my, my neighbor down here I talk to mm -hmm. and I've I've talked to him about the Lord because he said, look at these massive trees around here. You know, they they marvel at at creation. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about the beautiful sky. Right. That, but they don't marvel at the creator. You know, people might marvel at your painting. You know, that's a that's a fantastic painting, but you may not get the credit for it. Right. You know, yeah. But the painting just didn't yeah. happen. It yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. There had yeah. to be creator by yeah. time. That. Right. And that's what that's what people miss. They don't miss creation. They don't miss the marvel in the universe. They miss the creator. Yeah. Because they don't. They're not looking. They're not looking for. Them. And and your friend, the guy that lives in the apartments next door, right? Well, it's the neighbor down here. Oh, this way. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, didn't I, know what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, he sees these great big trees, and but like you said, it's it, it's not sinking in. Maybe I guess. I it's guess. All, it's all hard at Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. What is uh, the final pronouncement in verse twenty? The end of verse 20, what is it? Final pronouncement. They are without excuse. Therefore, because they are without excuse, compare the very last phrase of verse 20 and the very first phrase of verse 18. They are without excuse. Therefore, what? The wrath of God, they will be judged. And that's a sad reality. Uh, looking back now at, at Psalm 19, verses uh, 2 through 4a, we see that creation speaks loudly and clearly, but without a voice. How can creation speak without a voice? How's that possible? The rocks make noise, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> right. Every, everything in creation has a harmonic. Okay, everything. all right. Everything created has its own unique harmonic. Yeah, that's a scientific explanation, yeah. and it's a true one. So everything sings to Sing. the creation yeah. of God. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Um, well, I think the use of the word speak even, is to be communicated. Communicated. Yeah, even the sun has a harmonic, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, well, yes. We have a God conscious yes, spirit. Exactly. You know, and so you wonder sometimes why people, like, why do they not look at that? Why do they not look at the thieves? And why is that not wrong? Why are they not wrong to the Creator? If, if God reveals Himself no. in these things, uh -huh. if we're not seeking yeah. for the truth, right, then we find it. Because no right. one, no one seeks for the truth, do they? Huh? Nobody seeks for the truth. Yeah. No, nobody seeks for God. God does reveal truth through His 
through his creation, first of all. But but yes, there is a, I mean, sometimes I talk to our, our dogs and I'll say, uh, 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 you want to go to church with us and, and, and worship the Lord? And every time I ask them that, they always say no thanks. Because they're they don't they're not conscious of God. <laughs> they I mean only humans have that God consciousness, but he gave that to us in the Garden of Eden. He gave it to Adam and Eve and, and has passed on to every human being that ever existed with the exception of maybe those that are, are uh, mentally incapacitated, but, but that's not a story. Like, like Larry mentioned, nobody gives the creator credit. Yeah, we right. use we use things throughout the day. I mean, who made that microphone? It's nice. Yeah. Makes a loud noise. I don't give the guy credit from audio techniques. Couldn't care less who he is, you know, unless, unless he came and he opened my eyes. Yeah. to who he was and showed himself to me. Yeah. I could yeah. see his creation, but unless the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, you enjoy the creation. Yeah, right. You enjoy the rain and the sunset, yeah. the thunderstorm. Everybody stops when they see a big lightning storm. Right. That's massive power. Right. Controlled power. Right. That's but you know. Yeah. Whose power? Don't really care. It's a pretty <laughs> show. Yeah. Holy Spirit opens your eyes. Right. And without that, you don't have a that's exactly you're not right. looking. You're not yeah. looking for the creator. Um number two, what are the physical limitations, if any, are seen in verses three or four of this voiceless speech? Um let, to for the sake of time, let's let me move on and give you what I wrote down. Creation does not reveal who God is, but reveals, uh, uh, let me be careful what I mean by that, does not reveal who God is, but it reveals that he does exist and that we should be open uh, to the light of truth that he has given to us. So it's, it's a voiceless speech. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's what natural uh, revelation is. It doesn't tell us the specifics of who is the creator, but um, it, it, it reveals that there is a creator. There is uh, a divine intelligence uh, behind creation. Number three, so what is the implied pronouncement of these verses? Um, it is this, that everyone can hear, but many people don't hear. That's what is implied in these verses about the voiceless speech. Everyone can hear that, that voiceless speech of creation, but, but many people do not listen. They don't have a heart to listen. Spiritually dead, right? Um, picking up this this study at the second half, verse four, and continuing through verse six, we see the focus of creation narrowed down to one particular heavenly body. Um, what does 
Verse 4b say, is the heavenly body in question? What is the heavenly body? The sun. And what has God done for it, according to that verse? It's given, a, it's given the sun a home, a tent, a, a tabernacle, a place to live. The sun uh, encamps and uh, marches across the sky. The sun does. Uh, number two, as verse five continues this metaphor, what picture is given to describe it? What is the picture of the sun in verse five? Bridegroom. The sun, like a bridegroom, it comes out in the morning. Uh, it, the sun bursts forth, <clears throat> coming out of the chamber, the bedroom, as, as a young man full of energy and uh but also the 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 bright the sun comes out providing uh for the bride warmth the the bride being the earth provides warmth and light for the bride um number three what human emotion is suggested by the description? Look at it and see what human emotion is suggested by the description. What do you see? For the anticipation. A, a, a human emotion. Joy. Joy. Rejoicing. In what way does this emotion reflect the divine quality of God as creator? Joy. How does how does joy? Reflect the divine quality of God as creator. In my mind, God takes great joy in his creation, especially, especially the creation of humans on the sixth day of creation. That's where he gets his greatest joy. So, number four, what activity does the word champion, or in some translations, a strong man, uh, what, what activity does the word champion suggest in, the, in this passage? Running a race. Running a race. What does this activity suggest is happening in the heavens? Well, I'll tell you this much. I had to look this up because I didn't know. Uh, but the earth, the earth, uh, the earth rotates at a thousand miles per hour, spins around at a thousand miles an hour. Do we feel it? No, we don't. A thousand miles an hour, the earth is spinning around. Good feel it just stop. Yeah, I guess. That'll never happen, though. <laughs> well, except remember when the sun stood still. All right. The earth rotates at a thousand miles an hour, but it the earth 
revolves around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And we don't feel that either. But it's just amazing to me. I mean, the, the, the sun, it's like the sun is running a race, uh, just going so fast. Um, nature, to me, nature preaches uh, a, a thousand sermons every day to the human heart. Warren Wearsby said that. I wrote it. I made a note of it. Nature preaches a thousand sermons a day to the human heart. All right. Let's go on to this illustration. And I'm going to read this kind of quickly because of time. Uh, now then, even though the Bible says nothing about their zany attempt to correct God's inability to, to protect the earth from the sun's harmful rays, <laughs> scientists have taken matters into their own hands. They call it solar geoengineering. Have any of you ever heard of that? You have? Mm -hmm. By wacky man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna think okay, okay. But, <laughs> okay, good. All right. But they attempt to correct God's inability to protect the earth from the sun's harmful rays. According to Joshua Phillips, Philip, who writes for the Epic Times, a conservative news outlet, on July 6, uh, 2023, a week ago or so, uh, he said that the United States is now investigating ways to inject chemicals into the atmosphere in order to block out the sun. The idea is to use a stratospheric aerosol injection in order to mimic the aftermath of a volcanic eruption in which the sun is blocked out for a prolonged period of time. Their goal is to somehow reduce greenhouse gases, and we've heard all her about that. So they ask, what could possibly go wrong with this theory? <laughs> well, a lot could go wrong with this theory. A company called Make Sunsets uh, began experiments on solo geoengineering in Baja, California in December of last year, and it launched weather balloons that were releasing sulfur particles into the stratosphere. And this was a, sm a small experiment that used less than 10 grams of sulfur dioxide. However, an official statement from its Ministry of uh, Environment and Natural Resources notes that since 2010, under the United Nations Convention of Biological Diversity, there has been a moratorium against the use of geoengineering. And listen to their statement. Solar geoengineering seeks the, to counteract the effects of climate change through the emission of gases into the atmosphere, such as sulfur dioxide, aluminum sulfate, among others. This process induces the sun's rays to be reflected back into space, thus avoiding the uh, the increase in temperature in a specific geographical area. 
yet they add an important observation. There are enough studies to show that there would be a negative and unequal uh, impacts associated with the release of these aerosols, which uh, cause meteorological imbalances, such as high winds and torrential rains, as well as droughts in tropical areas, uh, in addition to generating impacts on the thinning of the planet's ozone layer. It should be noted that the interest in the concept of stifling the sun's rays first began after a volcanic eruption in 1991 in the Philippines. Mount uh, Pinatubo uh, blasted 20 million metric tons of sulfur aerosols into the atmosphere. This sparked interest among climate change enthusiasts because the natural disaster caused a cooling of global temperatures that lasted for two years. Um, this next line is not in your notes. I missed that too. But risk or no risk, and, and, and regardless of studies already showing the harmful effects that such programs would have, there are still lots of people determined to push it forward, like this professor of yours, Aaron. They're determined to push it forward. Billionaire Bill Gates, for instance, made headlines uh, in 2019 when he began funding a new program designed to replicate the effects of a massive volcanic eruption like the one in the Philippines. Interestingly, the program he was backing falls under the stratospheric aerosol injection concept, concept which Joe Biden's administration is now saying they're looking into. According to CNBC, under the Gates program, thousands of planes would fly at high altitudes, spraying millions of tons of particles, millions of tons of particles around the planet to create a massive chemical cloud that would cool the surface. I just wish God had thought of that. <laughs> well, we'll all be dead, but they'll cool. They're going to cool the surface. <laughs> yeah, the right. But I mean, their whole. Their whole purpose, whether they would actually say this or not, but their whole purpose is to correct God's mistake. <laughs> correct God's mistake. God didn't know what he was doing when he created the sun, when he created the stratosphere, when he created the earth. They're, they're, cor they're correcting God. God didn't know any better. Anyway. I just had to give share that with you because I was really surprised by it. You know, my my theory is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's always been my theory. And and it ain't broke because God did it right. Did it right in the first place. It lasted for a long time. Yeah, and it will last until God uh, sets on fire. The, you know, the heavens and the earth. Oh my goodness. It's lasted hundreds of billions of years, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a long time. 
Yeah. <laughs> at least 5,000. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. All right. So now we conclude our look at this passage of Scripture by seeing verse 6, some, uh, something in, in, uh, in verse 6, something new about the heavenly body that verses uh, 4b through 5 began to describe. What does verse 6 say about God and the Son he created in its rising and in its setting? What does what does verse say about that? Rises at one end, falls its force to the other. And what does that tell you about God? He knows he what he's doing. Where he starts. He, he what? This is what he starts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the sun rising and setting. Yeah. And what did you say, Sandy? He knows what he's. He's not. He what? knows exactly what he's doing. So forget about these guys. He, God knows exactly what he's doing. He is in total control of nature and by implication. He is in total control over the events of history, the events of humanity, the events of our lives, yours and mine. In what way or ways is this heavenly body, body symbolic of God himself? His heavenly body, the sun. How is the sun symbolic of God himself? Gives life. Gives life. Gives and gives life. Life and warmth. Right. To the earth. And God does the same for humanity so that we, humanity, we are without excuse. I mean, when you look at God, number three, when you look at God's creation, are you reminded of what he can do? Yes, in nature, but also in your life. When you look at God's creation, look at what God is able to do, control that he has. Uh, are you reminded of what he can do in your life as well as nature? My answer is yes. And what is the greatest miracle of all? The, the miracle of what? what? In incarnation. The incur yeah, okay. Change heart. Change, yeah, change heart, change life. Uh that that new birth. That's what I was thinking, David. But but yeah, you're you're well, right. If, if Larry agrees with you, that's I can't. Okay, Larry, you agree with <laughs> he's an elder son. But I know my place. God, there's so much <laughs> in creation. In the first five days of creation, and then in the sixth day of creation, when he created you and me, he did so much. And what a miracle that was. But the greatest miracle, the miracle of a changed heart, a changed life. And Sandy, do we have time to sing that song? Let's let's uh, we're gonna sing your song together. It took a miracle.